Hello, everyone, and welcome to the LDA podcast. I'm here with Patty Gillespie. She's a reading specialist, and today she's going to talk to us about some reading strategies and her life experiences. So, Patty, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. So, to start off, um, would you mind giving us just a quick background about yourself? Just let our listeners know who you are, give a bit of an insight into your experience. Sure. I'm. Uh, I was raised in Western Massachusetts, and I was raised in a home where my parents thought education was the most important thing and that all three of their children would have a college education. And we heard it throughout our, all of our growing up years. But I have five learning disabilities, so I had great difficulty learning to read. When I actually graduated from high school, I was still illiterate. Um, so I have quite an interesting background. I went from that illiteracy, learning to read, and then obtaining my bachelor's and master's degree in education, and ended up as a reading specialist for 36 years. Besides my 36 years as a reading specialist, I was fortunate enough to spend nearly 30 years presenting at educational conferences throughout the country, where my primary um, talks were vocabulary development and reading comprehension and techniques and things of that nature. Um, I really enjoyed that. I hid the fact that I didn't learn to read until I was 19 years old. You don't want people to know that. You, you still think you're dumb. And I still feel at my old age that my vocabulary is lacking because I missed 12 years of formal education, if you think about it in terms of vocabulary development. Um, I never passed a spelling test in my life, but now I spell very well, but it's taken a long time. But what happened was I, uh, I'd been teaching for good 10 years when this happened. Um, I was doing an outdoor camp with 250 middle school kids. And, and um, so you're doing activities. Um, and I got assigned to, to run the games for the afternoon with these kids. And I went into panic mode. I can't remember the rules. I can't remember the order the things have to go in order to play that game. Um, and out of desperation, I went to a colleague and uh, his name was John. And I said, John, I need a favor. I will do any duty you don't want to do. I'll do lunch duty. I'll do any duty you don't want to do if you'll cover these games for me. And he looked at me like, well, What's the deal? I said, would you do it for me? So he agreed to, that he would do that for me. And I could see the look on his face. He's wondering, why is she, what's her problem? So he came to see me later on and he said, what's the deal, Patty? So I told him about my learning disabilities. And I said, don't tell, I don't want anybody to know that, you know. And he thought it was the greatest thing ever that I had overcome all these learning disabilities to succeed and be where I was. And um, he went and told the English department, and this was at a private college in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But anyway, it became this big thing. And um, they wanted me to do, talk to the entire student body, six through 12, about my struggle learning to read because they're, even though it's a private school, you still had students that had difficulties. And it just took off from there. And when I did it professionally, I had, I just had teachers at me just saying for hours after my presentation, giving me scenarios, asking me more questions. It, 
you know, it snowballed and became a great thing rather than something I tried to hide for so many years. Well, just to sort of expand on that background a little bit, when did you realize that you learned differently? I did not learn, I didn't realize that I learned dif differently until I was graduated from high school and trying to teach myself how to read when I was 19 years old. Okay. So it's, uh, yeah, very, very unique. I just thought the whole time that I was just dumb, um, that people, everybody got it, but I never did. And I, I couldn't understand why. The thing is that because two of my learning disabilities are auditory processing and auditory discrimination, I was the generation of teaching phonics. In fact, when I first started first grade, um, it was the teacher's first year teaching phonics. So everything was phonics. So I, I couldn't discriminate any sounds whatsoever. And that's why I never learned to read. My parents even hired private tutors for seven years. And what did they do? They taught me phonics and I couldn't learn. I couldn't hear the differences. Wow. So what was it sort of like going throughout high school, not being able to read? Well, you know, my, my memories aren't, in terms of academics, are not fun, but I was very social. So that, that's what kept me going in school. Um, but I felt so lost all the time. That was the thing. I didn't know what was going on around me. And I knew that my classmates, you know, my classmates thought I was dumb. That was really difficult, too. But I was smart enough to figure out various tricks, like um, when the teacher would ask a question, and the majority of the class raised their hand, and I knew it would be safe for me to raise my hand, so I'd raise my hand, and if by rare chance I got called on, I'd say, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, and so I'd get away with that. Um, I was really stressed the whole time because I didn't understand, and I, I truly cried a lot at home out of frustration. Um, one of the other things that was really difficult in school, just in general in school, was the old trade and grade papers back in the day. Um, you, you came with your homework done, you traded it with someone beside you, you graded it, and then you switched them back, and mine were always all wrong. So it was always an embarrassing situation for me. Um, that, and the other thing that's probably um, goes along with this, when I was in high school, um, I, after my first year of my freshman year, of struggling, I went to my guidance counselor and I told him that I couldn't handle this anymore. I needed some help. And we set up a new schedule for me starting my sophomore year to do half business classes instead of all college bound curriculum, which gave me a little bit of a break. And, um, but it was interesting that the two college classes I made had to keep college English and history were just horrible. And I can remember every year in, an Engl in my English class, teachers saying, how did you get to be a freshman? You can't read and you can't write. I heard the same scenario every year. And the interesting thing, uh, at the end, when I was in my senior year, my guidance counselor's advice to me, just get married, you're not college material. Oh, wow. I got told wow. in the end. So uh, that gives a little background. So. Wow. So you mentioned after high school, you were able to teach yourself to read. Yes. Could you kind of go into how you did that? Yes. Um, 
I, I reached a point, um, if I can give you a little background, I, I, I mentioned that my parents were adamant that their children have a college education. So when it got to be my senior year, my parents were saying, where are you going to college? Well, I applied, not expecting to get in anywhere. I applied to a community college that accepted anyone. And then I applied to the local state teachers college. And to make a long story short, the state teachers college accepted me. But what they said, and I will quote, we're accepting you so you can be one of the 30% that flunk out the first semester, end quote. Wow. I'm not kidding, they said that to me. The problem being uh, the why they weren't going to accept me, SATs were a requirement. And the, the state of Massachusetts at that time, minimum requirement for each portion of it was 450 points. And on the reading part, I got credit for my name. How bad it was. So uh, anyway, I so I got accepted and I made it through the first semester, crying every day. It was horrendous. But believe it or not, I missed flunking out. I missed being put on probation by two tenths of a point. I knew I was still in college, so what was I going to do? So it was Christmas break, and I just said, "This is it. I either learn to read, or I'm done." And I want to be successful. And that was it. So I decided I was going to teach myself to read. And um, it, what I did was I basically figured it, it was a time of figuring things out. And it's the first time I realized that I wasn't, I couldn't figure out, I couldn't attack any word because I couldn't figure out any of the sounds. So what I did was I used a visual association. So every vowel sound, uh, digraph, diphthong, it, consonant sounds even where there's two sounds, I had to make a picture for that sound, a word and a picture, so I could bring that sound to the word. So for example, um, I come across an A and short A has, says A, you know, as an apple, I had a picture of an apple. Uh, if it was long, I had a picture of an ape. So I'd bring the sound, I'd see the apple go, ah, bring it to the word. And that's how I could get the sound. Well, it didn't take me very long to figure out I needed the other five uh, vowel sounds for a picture beside me. But this is what I did back and forth until I mastered them. And I practiced six to eight hours a day, seven days a week for a year to become fully literate. And once I had, once I was literate, it was the dean's list and on to get my master's with a 4.0 in reading. So. I've gone full circle. Everything that I read for college, for school, every, every single paragraph I read, there was a note next to it with that main idea of that paragraph. I could not trust my long-term, short-term memory problem, which are two more of my learning disabilities. I couldn't trust my memory to remember, even though I comprehended the paragraph or the chapter even, I needed those notes to refresh me over and over again. And when I was uh, in, in school, in college, trying to pass tests and whatever, I studied every single day from the day I got my notes right up until that test happened. So if, uh, if it was 20 days worth of notes, I've already practiced them for 20 days. 
I mean, day after day and keep adding on in more practice. Things that I think are really important um, that seem simple, but for comprehension, things like signal words. I mentioned using context clues. Um, but and the graphic organizers for conceptualization in, in terms of understand, understanding the text. It's it, when you can put it into a picture, it makes such a difference for students to be able to understand that. So that was a big thing that I also used. In terms of reading comprehension and teaching myself to comprehend, um, I realized that, yes, I could read words, but what did they mean and what was the message and how am I gonna get there? And I work at a sentence level only until I could figure out the who or what in the sentence and then what it had to do about what the sentence had to do with that subject, I wouldn't go any further. So I'd read a sentence over and over and over again. And I use that same method teaching my students that with special ed students, that same thing. We don't just read words. If there's no meaning, we're not comprehending. Basically, um, what I did to teach myself to read and when I realized that uh, I wasn't dumb, I just needed crutches to help me get to where I needed to be. Right, wow. So during all this, what made you decide that you wanted to go into the field of education? That, um, I always wanted to be a teacher. When I was growing up, um, I always wanted to play school, and of course, I had to be the teacher. Um, <laughs> and um, that, that dream kind of fizzled when I, with all my struggles in school. But once I learned to read, it was like, I don't want other students to feel like I did growing up. And I had more desire than ever to want to be a teacher so that I could help students with uh, learning disabilities so they could succeed without all that frustration and maybe learn sooner than I did. So that's well, and you sort of touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, you kind of use the same strategies for yourself that you use for other, for teaching others, right? Yes, I did. I did. Um, and and there's many, many strategies. Yes, I, you know, believe it or not, uh, a majority of my students had auditory problems that were never recognized. Um, so I, I use a combination of different methods for, for teaching them. I also, um, I would, I'd use um, graphic organizers with them. I used um, some of the same things that I did in terms of um, not letting them go past the sentence level unless they understood it. And then once we got to a point where we'd, we'd complete a paragraph, if you don't know what the main idea of that paragraph is, read it over. It was a lot of repetition until they could learn to understand each sentence to put it together to understand a paragraph. So I did a lot of those things as well. Um, I, I taught um, context clues and signal words and graphic organizers. I use all of those myself. I taught myself those context clues that it made it a lot easier than having to look every single word up that I didn't know. So those same things that I used to teach myself, I used when I was out, when I was teaching other students to read. I also um, went on with, I kind of became a study skills guru. And um, I, I taught, um, one of the key things I think, I taught multiple skills of, over many years, but to teach 
Um, Multi-methodologies for learning was the key piece on that and how to study using all of our modalities, not just one. And it, so, it definitely sounds like your experience with teaching yourself to read and going through what you did that you really have an advantage in teaching others. Well, it gave me empathy mm -hmm. and that was the key to the whole thing, being empathetic and being able to let the student know that um, they're not alone and that it was possible to learn to read even with problems that I had done the same. So. Right, definitely. So what are some of the most common recommendations that you sort of find yourself giving to parents and educators who are trying to help a student with their reading comprehension? Number one is to convince the learner they're capable and to let them know it's not that they're smart, that they learn differently from others. The students need to realize that so they don't just give up, I can't do it kind of thing. Um, I, I just think that's so important. And I think of it in these terms. If I had a leg that was lame, I would use a crutch or cane to help me get around. It is the same thing with a learning disability. I have, I need a crutch, I need a tool that's gonna help me to be able to learn better. And that's kind of how I look at it as uh, a learning disabled person myself. Right, sure. So if you could give advice, and I'm sure you often do this, uh, if you give advice to young students with learning disabilities, uh, what would that advice be? The first one's never give up trying. That if, if you give up, you're done, basically. You can't give up. I want them to understand that they learn differently um, and they're just as smart as their peers uh, and that they're capable of learning. And the key thing is believing in themselves and keeping them motivated to keep trying even as they're struggling. And that's a constant. You can do this. You can do this. Absolutely. And can I ask, what was one of the things that motivated you when you were teaching yourself to read? Um, I will be honest, and that was the, the push from my parents. They, I didn't wanna let my parents down. They wanted me to have a college education. That was their dream. I wasn't gonna let my parents down. And that was my push to say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get that college degree. And that was the reality of the whole thing. I wanted to get that college degree and I had to learn to read in order to get it. That was, that was it for me. Right. Well, and speaking of what you're sort of recently being uh, doing, you recently have a book out. Yes. So yes. would you be able to tell us a little bit about it? Yes. Um, basically, my book starts out sharing about my struggles of learning to read throughout my life, my feelings, uh, life as a disabled learner and what it's like, the strategies I use for myself and for others. Um, and a little bit about my successes and what I've accomplished since learning to read. It defines um, various learning difficulties and helpful suggestions for different ones. Um, reading strategies that I particularly like. I mean, I, I've always joked, my, my next book is all strategies and all these things to be done. But right now, I, I took key ones that were essential for me to learn to read. Um, there's also uh, an organization and study skills guide in it. And it's for parents and educators. 
I included a section on ADD and ADHD because I'm ADHD and um, I raised a son ADHD. And what happened was as my, in my profession, um, I was always given students with ADD and ADHD because the administrators knew, Patty knew how to handle them. So I, I have a lot of experience and uh, that was recognized. Um, in the end, it's probably the most fascinating part. I have some, I'll call them case studies. They're unique stories of my teaching people how to read. Um, one being a total non-reader that didn't know the letters of his name and had to sign his paycheck with an X to a PhD candidate who um, left college because she was so frustrated not being able to comprehend the text. And so it, it's the whole gambit. I, um, so there's some neat stories about that as well. That's, that's in a nutshell what my book covers. And what's the title of that book? It's a self-taught reader with five learning disabilities, um, a guide for educators and parents, and it can be found on Amazon. That's great. And so just wrapping up here, is there anything that uh, you wanted to talk about or any like advice or closing words that I didn't really ask or talk about that you wanted to bring up? My big thing, I guess, is my wish that educators respected and understood what learning disabled students go through. And it's not just in the classroom, but it's in our world, it's all around us. And there's all kinds of things that become difficult because we have the learning disabilities. And I think that's just really important for all educators and parents to understand. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Patty, for talking with me today. It was my pleasure, thank you. Thank you for listening to the LDA podcast, which is made possible by the Learning Disabilities Foundation of America. Our theme music is Little Idea by Scott Holmes. For more resources from LDA, visit ldaamerica.org.